Madison. Welcome to the Hades and Games Cast. This is episode 58. Joining me here today is Nathan Wagner. Hello and welcome. Also joining us today, Rob Douglas is back. What up? And my name is Jeffrey Morris, and we have a show filled with lots of indie games today. So we'll be talking about uh, some of our uh, most anticipated indie games coming out. We're going to be kind of focusing on a lot of the indie games coming out for Nintendo Switch, because as Rob said earlier, this is the year of the Switch. But uh, we'll also be talking about a couple other games on other platforms as well. Um, and then we have a new segment we're going to do on the show here, and we're going to talk about a couple games that we love and hold near and dear to our hearts, but just have a part or a thing in that game that just kind of rubs us the wrong way and uh, might even give some advice versa. So maybe a game that wasn't so great and maybe had some really awesome parts to it. So Mine is being really bad at planning and risk. <laughs> in the video game risk? No, just the regular board game risk. risk. I don't know. In board game? I, I didn't realize we were a board game podcast. Yeah, we can mix it up. We're, we're technically like a hobbies we, we podcast. Play, so we play board games in real we life. We play a lot of board games. We do. Maybe we'll do an episode one day. Do a we'll do a board episode. game. Yeah, board game episode. Let, let like, us know if you'd want that, yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, um, big news came out today. Um, the Nintendo World Championship is coming back. This year, this was something Nintendo did back, I believe, in the original one was 1990 or something like that. Yeah, it was with the Wizard movie. Right? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Wizard movie came out right after the 80s. Totally feels like an 80s movie. Yes. Um, and it kind of was, I think that's how Nintendo announced Super Mario Bros. 3 as well. Yes. Um, and so they did that way back then. It was a huge event. There was, you know, I think over 60 locations across the country to get, get uh, people qualified. Um, they did one two years ago in 2015 uh, to kind of highlight Mario Maker and Metroid Blast Ball or whatever and a couple other games. <laughs> um, and the, me and Nathan, you, we watched that live. It was kind of a live Dude, eSports event. That it was an awesome event. It was Even though the people really were fun. playing on Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean, Nintendo has kind of dabbled in doing some live eSport events yeah. before. The, I think the previous year they did a Smash, Smash Wii U tournament before the game was out, which was kind of cool. And so... Um, anyways, they didn't do anything in 2016. They didn't announce anything this year. People thought, well, it must have been a one-time thing. They're not going to do it again. Lo and behold, Nintendo announces that it is coming, and um, qualifiers are starting as soon as next week, I believe. And then the actual event is October 7th, I believe. And yeah. so uh, if you're in the Seattle area, uh, I know I'm going to try to make it to the uh, the uh, qualifier. What's it called? The participant? Qualifier? qualifier round, qualifier round? Yeah. yeah something like that um, yeah qualifier yeah i i was able to do the qualifier last time it was a really <clears throat> fun time got some free swag met some cool nintendo fans and it was a lot of fun there's only eight locations though which yeah i feel like is kind of a bummer just all the major cities in america how many locations were there when they did it in 2015 do you remember i think it was more than eight I, right? I feel like it was like 12 so yeah so it was a little not bit a lot more. but maybe a little bit yeah. more so it is. Yeah, but not 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 too big of a difference between the numbers. Little, I saw a couple of people being disturbed that Nintendo's calling it the Nintendo World Championships because the it doesn't take place throughout the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's only taking place in North America. So well, I mean, we call else, gamers, I'm sorry, so. you just don't exist. Apparently, I mean, we do the same thing with like the NFL and MLB and all. We're like world champions. It is the World Series. Only the United States MLB. played. I guess so. 
I think they just wanted to keep the classic name from the yeah. original yeah, one. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so I first when I heard this news, my wife actually told me. She saw it on social media. And I was really excited. I'm like, oh, awesome. They're bringing that back. And then I looked up some of the details. And the original event had you playing NES Classic Tournament Mode, which was basically a modified version of the original qualifying rounds for the original Nintendo World Championship, where it had you playing the original Mario Bros, Mario Bros. 3, and then getting a high score in Dr. Mario. And it calculated your score and like the millions of points to see what your record was. For this one, you are going to be playing Mario Kart 7. Yes, that's right. Not Mario Kart 8 or Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Mario Kart 7 for the 3DS will be the only game at the qualifiers. And you're not, like, racing in some giant Mario Kart tournament clawing your way to the top. Because, that, I mean, that, that sounds awesome. I would love to do that. Yeah, yeah, that would be are, sweet. You are playing time trial mode as Bowser and the standard kart wheels and glider on Bowser's Castle from the Game Boy Advance. And you get two time trial runs. And whoever has the best time trial run at each location qualifies. Which seems very anticlimactic. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess they did this because they just wanted to be able to get a lot of people through the stations. Like, it doesn't take that long to do two time trials for each person, I yeah, guess. maybe like six minutes. Yeah, exactly. So people can rotate through quickly instead of before. Like you said, you were doing three different um, events, kind of. And, you know, those might not take super long, but going through three different kind of separate stations and stuff like that, I imagine, makes it a little bit harder logistically. So... I guess. Yeah. That's my only answer. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, I guess with the time travel thing, it is a little, it's a different skill. Yeah, it's just, you know, in, I mean, you can just, you can do the, the racing against each other and head on head, but the time trial, the only person you're really fighting against is the clock and yourself. And so it adds a different element to it. You know, you're using, all using the same character. There's no advantage or disadvantage to character or cart or anything like that. It's just all equal playing ground. So I can see that. What baffles me is why are we doing it Mario Kart 7? <laughs> yeah, on the 3DS. I mean, even yeah. with like, I understand why they did the 3DS version of NES Classic for the original one back in 2015. But mm-hmm. like... In, in this one, like yeah. we have the Switch, we have Market on there, it's a portable, it's like practically the same size as the 3DS. Like, you could totally set up a bunch of Switch stations, unless maybe Nintendo can't even find eight Switches to like <laughs> run out of location or something. Oh, like, God. our system so, is so rare that we can't even find yeah, it. Yeah. But, anyways, it should be fun. They, they did say that uh, Mario Odyssey and Metroid uh, Samus Returns. We'll have demo stations there as well, so build build to pick up some swag. Yeah, play yeah. play Metroid and Mario a month or two early. Um, hopefully, they have more than like one demo kiosk. I doubt that they will, but I have the feeling if I want to play Mario, I'm gonna have to wait a very long time. Couple, you probably because it's because it's at that's Best true. Buy locations, so yeah. they're just gonna set oh, it up to their Wii yeah. U station that's already there. Yeah. I think, but um, yeah, let us know what you think. Are you excited for the return of the Nintendo World Championships? Um, even if the qualifier isn't quite as exciting as last the last one, I think the actual event. I'm hoping Nintendo puts on a really good show again. Yes. So I don't. I don't really want to go back and play more Mario Kart Seven. Yeah. The game came out like what six years ago. I know Nintendo's forcing me to go open my 3DS and practice now. <laughs> hey, it'll get you back on your 3DS, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But Maybe that's their master do you think plan. Like announce a new game or something like that. Like I remember during the World Championships, yeah. like they premiered. 
that Metroid 3DS game that no one liked. Yeah. And a couple other things. So um, I think there's, did something like that. I think there's a chance. Um, I don't think it'll be a big game. It'll, it would be something like a maybe a virtual console surprise or like an eShop release or something like that. I don't think it's going to be like a, you know, oh, a new Mario game. Melee on the Switch? Maybe. I, that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, we'll see. Yeah, d- definitely, definitely stay tuned to that. Um, new Mario Kart game that's all about time trials. <laughs> Mario Kart 7 remastered for Switch. <laughs> uh, the only uh, item is a blue shell. All right, moving on. Watch. <laughs> Summer Games is happening. Nathan, I think you predicted on the last show that the Brothers did, yeah. Summer Games event. Yeah. Um, so it officially starts today, actually. Uh, I don't think we've gotten a chance to jump in yet, but uh, there are a few new skins and highlight intros. Lucio Ball's back. You can do ranked Lucio Ball, which is essentially just like Rocket League, but you play as Lucio. Um, and then smaller stadium. Yeah, slightly smaller, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but they are bringing back the original Summer Games skins. And so if you didn't buy Overwatch, and you know, I think the original event was maybe two months after the Overwatch first came out. Yeah, it was about a year ago. Um, so if you weren't an early adopter of Overwatch, you probably missed this event. You can still go in there and get all these uh, skins. Uh, they're all basically just like Olympic-themed skins. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my favorite new skin is the... Soldier 76 Grillmaster Dad outfit. He has a gun yep. that says assault rifle, but it says assault like it's assault rifle. Oh, God. <laughs> and, That's hilarious. And he has like all these hilarious lines like, nothing like the smell of charcoal in the morning. <laughs> it, it's it like the hilarious. ultimate dad pun. Oh, yeah. And he's got like total like cargo shorts on. And oh, it's, it's great. But, like uh, chicken legs and everything. <laughs> yeah, and that, that event is going to go till the 28th. And so that's cool. going to run pretty much for the rest of August. And so that'll be, be fun to jump in there and play that. Uh, let us know uh, what skin is your favorite out of the um, Overwatch Summer Games skins. Um, our Twitter is at HeyListen underscore games. Do you think... Uh, do you think that they're done making like new events and stuff like that? They're just going to recycle all the old seasonal events? Because, I mean, they're doing it for uh-huh. this one. This is the first kind of... We're in year two now of Overwatch, and this is the first redone, I guess, event. So do you think they'll like bring back that Junkrat Halloween mode and, and all that stuff? Or do you think they'll do I think there's a, good, a mix of old and chance. new? I mean, it will save them some development time, obviously. Yeah. I think the way they're handling this one is good. They're bring back Lucio Ball, but they're changing it. They have all the old skins available again, but they have new ones as well. And so um, I think they will bring back most of the old events. Hopefully we get some new ones in there as well, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would be kind of sad if there wasn't another Christmas event and stuff like that. I think yeah, exactly. people kind of look forward to that. Those, and especially those bigger ones. Like I feel like the Christmas one was super popular and a lot of people played it. Um, but maybe some of the smaller scale ones, like Deer of the Chinese Dragon or Chicken or yeah, whatever I mean, it was. The, maybe they'll change that the for Chinese, next year. The Chinese New Year one was so popular. The Captured Flag mode they debuted in it. Yeah. That was so popular. It blew all the other ones out of the water that they added that in to Overwatch. And you can play Capture the Flag yeah. mode anytime you want now. Yeah. While like Lucy Ball and the Snowball Fight, Junkenstein, those ones have kind of stayed with those because they weren't yep. quite as popular. Yeah. So I'm sure Do you guys think... Stuff. Do you guys think that this is the beginning of the, like, kind of the wrap-up of Overwatch and possibly the beginning of Overwatch 2? No, I don't think so. I mean, we talked about it a lot last year about it being such a big platform. I would just be surprised because Blizzard usually 
takes forever and ever to make sequels. Like mm-hmm. between Diablo two and Diablo three, it was like twelve what, years 12 or something years, like that. Yeah. And you know, World of Warcraft just has had a ton of expansions, so I don't know. We'll have to see. But Blizzard supports their games for a long time, and it takes a really long time to make sequels. If even if if they are games that kind of and warrant sequels. And plus, stuff with like how that. well Overwatch is still selling, yeah, it's still a very relevant game. And how happy yeah. the community is with the way the game platform is currently being run. Um, I don't see any changes to Overwatch this year. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. Cool. So we are gonna jump into our Nintendo Switch indie game report. There are a lot of uh, indie games coming out for Nintendo Switch uh, pretty soon this year. The first being Sonic Mania is coming out one week from today, um, and I'm I've decided, guys, I'm gonna pick up this game. I'm hoping it's not part of the Sonic cycle. It's going to be a good good game. They just announced what the special stages look like. And one of the special stages is exactly like Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Sonic and Knuckles, where you're like traversing in like a fake 3D globe, collecting blue orbs. And then there's a new one, which kind of has you running around a racetrack. It looks kind of almost like F-Zero or Super Mario Kart um, from the original Super Nintendo games, where you're on kind of like a fake 3D map, collecting coins. And, or rings, I should say. And um, Mario. I've played too much Mario. I, I, this is my first Sonic game in a long time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I'm really excited. I'm 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 hopefully going to be able to talk about it uh, next week or the week after that on the show. Is it sad that we're playing Sonic under indie game now? Well, like it, how far has the mighty is this fallen? A, uh, is Switch getting a? It is published uh, by Sega, but it's edition. Be, do you know? The game isn't getting retail at all. There's it no has a special editions. collector's edition that's like 50 or 60 bucks with like a statue and okay. stuff like that, but, but it comes no with a download code. Yeah. Okay. So there was rumors that Switch might get a physical version later on, but nothing's been confirmed. And, okay. Um, yeah. But okay. the reason I call it any game is because it's made by a really small team. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, I mentioned, I think last week, Christian Whitehead, he was in charge of the Sonic CD game for mobile and making that game yeah. feel good with touch <clears> controls. And so uh, it, is, it is a smaller team and a smaller game. Like, it's a $20 game, so uh, that's yeah. why I'm talking about it. But um, other than that, uh, I don't think there's really anything left in August other than Axiom Verge. Wait, is, I'm pretty, isn't uh, Axiom Verge coming out in October? Um, I just looked it up, and I think it's August, but you, you sure? could be right. Okay. Maybe, I, I, think maybe, I, just, I thought I just saw a tweet that said it was announced, but it wasn't coming until October, I'm pretty sure, but I'm not... Not 100% on that. All right, so a soft, Sometime in the next soft release months. in August. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the Multiverse Edition is actually pretty cool because it comes with a lot of things in a physical package. And so you get, like, a, I think, art book, CD. And then it actually comes with a documentary all about Thomas Happ and kind of like the five-year process of making this game because this is one guy who made this game, did the soundtrack, the pixel art, like everything in this game. And so it actually comes with a documentary about that process, which I think is kind of cool. I've never really heard of a video game doing something like that with an in-depth documentary uh, for an indie game. October 17th. October 17th. October 17th. All right. Thanks Thanks for confirming that, right. Rob. Yeah. Um, but yeah, have you guys ever played Axiom Verge? I, have I haven't. It's been out on other systems for a while, I think yeah. since 2015. Yeah, it came out so. three years ago on PS4, I think. Yeah, it was yeah. a big PS4 debut like Metroidvania game. Yeah, it's yeah, very, yeah. very similar to Metroid. Um, this one did eventually come out in the Wii U and maybe the 3DS as well. I'm not sure, um, but you can tell like it's a total love letter to 
Metroid, it's very similar to how mm-hmm. that game works, and like the art style and the music is really awesome. I, and I I think the reason actually I've kind of been turned off from this game is I don't like the art style. Oh really? Yeah, like I, it looks a little kind of like just dark and grotesque. It a is little a little like, I don't know. Little, it, it just yeah. kind of turned me off a little bit. I haven't looked at the game super a lot, so I'm sure if I jumped in there in there and started playing it, I probably would be fine. But just looking at the game, it kind of turns me off a little bit. Gotcha. But, but uh, that's just me. I, yeah, one of the reasons if, I didn't get it is because I thought it would be great on a portable uh, system. And by the time I finally came out on the Wii U and the and 3DS, I was kind of like, well, I'll probably just wait for the Switch and maybe see if I get it for that. So, so you're gonna get it for Switch then? I'm, I'm thinking about it. Thinking about it. It's it's a lot of, a lot of fun, and the developer's a super awesome guy, and I yeah, you know, I wouldn't mind you know throwing a couple dollars his way. Sure. But, uh, yeah. Um, next up is Ultimate Chicken Horse, which has probably is, is a contender for the best game title of 2017. <laughs> I don't um, even think I've heard of this one. So this, this is a terrible uh, confession on a video game podcast. I've never heard of this video game. Explain. No, that, that's totally <laughs> not. There's a couple of games that maybe you haven't quite heard of yet. Um, this game has come out on Steam. It's a multiplayer game where you're basically playing with i think i think the ideal game is four players yeah and you you and a partner basically are making a level kind of like almost mario maker style you're making a level and you only have i think a minute or two to make the level on the screen you you can put arrows spikes conveyor belts all types of contraptions in a short level on the screen and then basically it starts and all the players try to get to the end of the level and so you as the creator, you want to make it hard because you don't want the person next to you to be able to beat it, right? Uh, but you don't want to make it so punishing and impossible that you can't beat it either. And so it kind of has this point system where you get points based on how well you design the level and how many people beat it and if you beat it and your friends didn't. So um, looks looks really interesting. looks like it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think I, um, I remember... Hearing about this game, I think a couple years ago on some podcast I was listening to or watching or something like that, and then you brought it up and I was like, I don't think I've ever heard of that game. It's such a strange name. Yeah. But uh, you showed me a little trailer of it, and then I was like, Oh yeah, I remember that. So it looks really looks like it could be a lot of fun with a couple. Then of I just looked up some pictures for it, and I have seen it on Steam before, but I'd never looked into it because I just saw the art style and kind of dismissed it as like. <laughs> uh, art style does uh, look like kind of. Well, I don't know what, I and it say. seems like one of those I mean, there's hand-drawn that can be, like, super gorgeous, and then there's hand-drawn that looks like a six-year-old did it, yeah, and this kind of falls a little bit more on the six-year-old sure. side. Yeah, yeah. Well, <clears> and it, it seems like one of those games you would probably want to play more on a console, where you can kind of play mm-hmm. local multiplayer instead of playing it just yeah. on Steam, and you're playing yeah. kind of over the internet, so. Yeah, yeah, this sounds like a better game, like a really good game for, I don't know, maybe a Nintendo Switch, which is probably why we're talking <laughs> about it here. Yeah. yeah, but uh, I also will say that Sonic Mania, Axiom Verge, and Ultimate Chicken Horse are also coming out for other consoles as well. Um, mm-hmm. So these, you know, no matter what, what platform you're on, these are games you can play, whether you have a PS4, or PC, or anything. Um, yeah, most of these games are already out on other platforms, yeah. or they'll be coming out soon on other platforms yeah. and stuff like that. I think, so I we're Chicken just Horse... kind of highlighting the Switch. Chicken Switch Horse has been on them. Steam for a while, but its console debut is coming up with the Switch and some other platforms. Yeah. yeah. Um, so our next one coming out in November 14th is, do you guys remember the game Rhyme? It was like yeah. one of the first games announced for the Switch. Yeah. It's kind of like a Wind Waker, like uh, eco-type art style game yeah. where you're exploring. 
Um, it came out, I believe, in March. Or no, it came April? out May. May was it May? Yeah, the end of May yeah. on Steam and other consoles. Okay, and yeah, stuff it, like that. It, it launched, got like launched average on scores. I think it got around like sevens, something like that. Yeah, so it came on every platform except for the Switch, which was kind of funny because people associated with the Switch almost since it kind of was in that Switch like launch debut trailer in the beginning of the year. Um, but it got decent scores, I think, like you said, Nathan. It wasn't wasn't her- heralded as an amazing game, but yeah. you know, it wasn't wasn't bad or anything. But uh, it's finally coming out on the Switch, but it is forty dollars for the Nintendo Switch, and like I just saw it on sale Isn't for PlayStation, also... like I think for eighteen bucks or something yeah. like that last week. I think it'll be thirty dollars digitally on Switch, just oh, forty for the physical. Forty for physical, thirty yeah. for digital. Okay, yeah. that's that's good to know. Um, but yeah, I feel like if you were interested in this game, you probably would have already played it by now. So I don't yeah. feel like it's going to do very well on the Switch. I mean, I've kind of been interested, but I was like, I want to play this game on Switch kind of because I want to play all of my, I don't know, like kind of indie smaller games on my Switch because I can take it anywhere with me and stuff like that. The biggest problem for th- with this is not only that it's been out and it'll probably be cheaper on other consoles, but just the timing of it coming out in the middle of November is like, Pretty busy. Terrible because you know it's a all weird of the time. big games from third-party publishers and stuff are coming out in that window, and almost everyone will be pl- busy playing something else unless they're specifically like Rhyme is the game for me. That's what I'm holding out for, and I'm gonna yeah, get like it I'm gonna be playing Assassin's day. Creed at that point. Yeah, exactly. Like Assassin's Creed, yeah. Mario, Star Wars comes out a couple days after that. Call of Duty comes out a couple days before that. Like, it's well, and it's also it's also game. right in that window that's right before Black Friday, which we all know is the gamers paradise for sales. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of in that window where it's like it's too soon or too close to Black Friday. So, you know, it's going to be one of those games that comes out on the switch and it will not be discounted on the switch yeah. by Black Friday. And so that's a good point. there's almost there's almost no point in getting it at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, kind of a bummer that it's coming it's, out so it's late. a bummer that it's coming out so late because originally they announced it was going to be for switch and then they announced the delay and then they said we're not sure how long the delay is but people were kind of hoping it was going to be maybe a couple months or something like at that. least before maybe come Mario. out like august or september or something like that but come out this late in the year i don't think it'll do very well i'll maybe pick it up sometime next year if it goes on sale or something but yeah it'll um, probably be a good like eventually pick up but yeah exactly but it won't help the developers very much yeah no kind of bad timing but um other than that those are really our our confirmed release date games uh steam world dig 2 um which is a game i'm really excited for uh was originally announced to be a summer game it is now officially kind of pushed to late summer early fall so hopefully that will be coming out in the next month or two we don't have a lot of news on that one but uh it looks like a pretty solid sequel to the original steam world dig which if you didn't play it's available on like all consoles it's pretty goes on sale it's pretty cheap now um it's kind of almost like a modern dig dug game it's really really fun uh so that that'll be a good one and then brawl out we just found out got announced for nintendo switch to come out Mm -hmm. later this year von hunter uh shared that tweet with us and it's essentially just like a super smash bros clone that's coming out on the switch this year so if you really want to play smash on switch we don't have any official announcement but you can't play Brawl Out, which is very similar, I would say, to almost like even the aesthetics of Smash. It's like a 3D platform fighter. Yeah. It looks Well, I just funner. Googled I it. I remember seeing it uh, on Steam a couple months ago. Someone brought it up, and I was like, oh, that's cool, but obviously I don't play on Steam, and I don't really want to try and play on Steam because of all the controller yeah. hangups and 
yeah. everything. And that will so be its console great. debut. Which is yeah, cool. exactly. So this will be great. I I feel like a lot of Switch players will pick it up because they're like, oh, it's I think it's only like twenty bucks or something like that. Like I'll pick mm-hmm. it up and kind of get my Smash fix in until Smash actually comes out. So yeah. I'll definitely give it a Hyper shot. Hyperlight Drifter, uh, the main character from that game, is going to be cameoing in it as a guest character. Mm-hmm. So it'll probably be a bunch of kind of indie characters and stuff in it. Maybe that would be yeah, really cool. Yeah. I just Googled um, it, and one of the suggested was Rivals of Aether. So. Yeah. yeah, it's very similar. It's very similar to that idea. Style game. Yeah, Brawlhalla, Brawlout, and Rivals, I think, are kind of the three big yeah. Smash yeah. Bros-esque platform fighters. Um, yep. But, uh, yeah. Um, another fighting game is listed as coming out this year. Uh, we don't have an official date yet, though, and so it's kind of a question mark. But the game's called Pocket Rumble, and it looks really cool. It's very similar to kind of the... Neo Geo color pocket, like art style and that kind of type of game. Um, so it's kind of simplistic pixel type graphics. It's one on one fighting. It almost kind of looks like Street Fighter. But what intrigues me about this game is there's only two buttons you use in the game. So think almost kind of like Smash Bros. You're only using yeah. two different punching buttons. Um, and then the game is only $10. And it also has a really cool health system where your health is actually in bars. And so basically every hit will take one bar of health. And so the rounds are very quickly, and rather than having you know a giant bar that different attacks take different percentages of damage, um, it's kind of a new way of looking at health and damaging your enemies. And so I think this game is going to look really good on the Switch screen, and for only $10, for how much I love fighting games, I think this one's going to be a pretty easy uh, buy for me. So I'm hoping it comes out this Fourth year. Worthwhile, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're saying it's still 2017. Sounds like a neat idea for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that game will also be debuting um, on the Switch as a Switch exclusive as well. Oh, cool. Um, and then Ukulele is still kind of on the way on the Switch. Yeah, I saw forgot. a tweet, Platonic tweeted out, I think it was maybe like two weeks ago or something like that, they tweeted out Ukulele running on Switch being like, hoping to announce something soon. So, <laughs> Still no announcements. Yeah. We'll, we don't know if it's we'll this see. year, if it's next year, or what. But uh, hopefully it should be this year. I think it will. I, I think it will be, but I'm you just know. as a backer, I get this Switch version for free, which is yeah. good. So I don't need to really worry about it. But as a backer, it kind of frustrates me because they told everyone that the Wii U version was their main platform, and they were developing the game as a Wii U game, and they were going to port it to PS4, Xbox One, yeah. and Steam. And then here we are, what half a year after release. And it's not on the Nintendo sure. platform. Like they canceled the Wii U version, and the Switch version is nowhere to be seen. So it's kind it's of just, weird to see that. Yeah. Well, and it's just a frustrating experience because I'm sure when it comes out, it'll be forty dollars. And yeah, I've already seen the PS4 discounted to thirty dollars. I saw it discounted to twenty dollars one time, and I was tempted to pick it up. I was like, no, I'm going to wait for the Switch version. But is it even going to be worth it by the time it actually comes out? So and I wonder how much again. of this has to do yeah. with um, because. They were developing it so much for the Wii U, and then when the Switch was announced, they had to basically start over with some of how their uh, porting worked. And so they basically are there's some sort of bug or something that they just cannot hammer out at this point. I'm, I'm sure they're just kind of working on porting it. When they announced originally that they were not going to do the Wii U version anymore and were hoping to work on something for Switch. They were like, oh, we're not going to do the Wii U version because we the Wii U isn't powerful enough, basically. Yeah. That's what they said. <laughs> which is malarkey. Which <laughs> seems kind of ridiculous. I mean, um, that game is... Yeah, that's true. The worlds are pretty big. But. Well, the, 
the main reason for the delay is they didn't start working on the Switch uh, port right away. Um, they basically, they, they worked on just getting the game out and launching it on PS4, Xbox One, and Steam. And then they spent the next three months doing a big improvement patch and a big update for the game. And so yeah. mm-hmm. that's what they spent all their post-launch time doing. They didn't really start full-on Switch development until this summer. And so yeah. and it's not a big they kind of just put on the back it's, burner for the Switch. Hard to forget, kind of, because we think of it as kind of a big game because it's the makers of Banjo and stuff like that. But it's a team of like what, 15, 20 people or something like that. Yeah, maybe? and they started as a team many, of yeah. like five or so. Yeah, but they, yeah. they've added a few more. But it's not a AAA title or anything like that. But yeah, I, I had fun with it. I, I played through it on PS4 because I was just so excited. But I didn't want to wait for the Switch one, which I'm glad I did because it's still not out. But um, yeah, yeah. So hopefully that comes out this year. Um, real quick, we got two more we want to talk about. Real quick. Stardew Valley was supposed to be coming out this summer on Switch. Yeah. But it apparently is not going to be coming out until 2018, which is No, it, it's it's still supposed to come out this really? year. Because I just read an update on the multiplayer. Yeah. And they said... Those for multiplayer. The the multiplayer will not be coming until 2018, but is the game still coming out this year? So the game is still supposed to come out for Switch this year at some point. Okay. But the multiplayer oh, okay. is supposed to go into beta testing kind of on the PC version late 2017. And then they said the multiplayer for consoles won't come out till 2018, and it'll still gotcha. come out first on Switch. So it's a little confusing, but... So Stardew Valley should say, come cause... out any week still, then, maybe? They, they haven't officially given an update. They just said summer, and they haven't said anything about the Switch okay. version since then. So hopefully in the... Maybe it'll be like Overcooked, where it just kind of drops. Um, yeah, I was gonna say because Stardew Valley lately, so and I really, really want it on Switch. Like it's the perfect game for Switch. So I'll well, probably didn't you it. say your wife got into it? Yeah, my wife. Yeah, I introduced it to her this last weekend, and then I couldn't get my PS4 controller back. So I'm like, I kind of want to double dip just so we can both play it. So <laughs> are you gonna buy it again then? Uh, I'm really tempted to because the Switch is like the perfect platform for this kind of game. Yeah. And, it's only $15, so I could totally see myself doing it. So. Well, is it kind of like Animal Crossing where you kind of can do everything you want to and it, during the yeah. day in about 10 minutes or so? Like No, because it, it, it doesn't work in real time. Oh, okay. Basically, you have set days that you go through and stuff like gotcha. that. But it's super team. But it's also Stardew Valley. This whole game was made by one guy. He, he even did the music and everything like that. So wow, awesome. I'm sure. And he's still basically kind of working on it just himself. And he has like a couple people from the developer, Chuck, or yeah, the publisher, publisher, publisher. kind of helping him with some stuff. But well, probably helping him out with multiplayer the multiplayer right the now. Yeah. Out, so it's gonna yeah. Because what I heard about the multiplayer is you can marry your friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Like that um, will be that will get complicated really fast. I, so I, hopefully that'll come out sometime <laughs> in the next before the end of the year, but we'll have to wait and see. Gotcha. Yep. Um, last game I want to just give a quick shout out to Hollow Knight is also listed as uh, coming to Switch this year, 2017. Have either of you guys heard of Hollow Knight? Have I have. I've seen it. Actually, yes. the art style is beautiful. This mm-hmm. game is it's awesome. awesome, looking. awesome yeah. looking. It's got really cool. Uh, hand-drawn art style. I think almost kind of like Castle Crashers, but kind of in a twisted Disney Tim Burton like, type world. It, yeah, that's, yeah, that's really what I was going to say. Tim Burton. <laughs> Tim Burton is the best way to describe this game because it just has that dark feel to it, mm-hmm. but like in like that cutesy way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and what I'm excited for is just the gameplay because it, you know, it's kind of like a Metroidvania, but the cool yeah. thing is, is that actually rewards you the gameplay rewards you for taking risks and the only way to really restore your health 
is to go damage enemies. And so rather than, you know, a lot of these uh, Metroidvania type games like that, you know, you might fight someone for a little bit, and if you get low on health, it, you know, you kind of run away, you have to go find a health room, you have to make a potion. But this game, just as soon as you start damaging an enemy, you can push a button and heal yourself. And so it kind of has some really cool gameplay mechanics. I heard it has some really cool boss fights. This game is already out on Steam, so if, if you play on that platform and you're excited, you can pick it up right now on Steam. I think it's actually on sale. But, uh, yeah, it's coming out uh, first on the Nintendo Switch for consoles. And so I this is another game I'm just going to be... I think it's going to look really gorgeous on the Switch screen. Yeah. I'm going to be tempted to pick, pick this one up as well. So... Uh, I De- think definitely uh, keep an eye out for yeah. that guy. I think indies are definitely selling on Switch. Like I feel like every day, at least every week, there's like a new indie game that's announced. That's oh yeah, we're also coming to Switch. Mm-hmm. You know, this year or early next year or something like that, which is mm-hmm. honestly perfect because with how good the screen is and kind of being able to take it anywhere, playing smaller games I don't feel like I need to play on my TV to get the full experience are exactly what I want to play on my Switch. So. Yeah, and you know one of the reasons like we're highlighting indie games on Switch too is just like the Switch doesn't have a massive library out right now. It doesn't have yeah. a PSN or Xbox Live store with over 500 games in it. And so like these indie games when they come out they're kind of almost like a big release because maybe you don't have you know your Overwatch or Call of Duty that you're continually going back to and playing on the Switch yet. Yeah. So like I feel like a game like Pocket Rumble or Hollow Knight you know might get kind of lost if they just released on PlayStation Store or Xbox Live store. Uh, well, if it gets put on the Switch, you know, there's probably not anything else coming out that week or for a couple of weeks they can m- maybe have some more success right now. So it's it's pretty cool, pretty cool situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, before we move on into our second segment, is there any other indie games coming out this year? Any platform you guys are looking forward to? Or uh, We were talking about Cuphead that's coming out here in uh, September, end of September. Yes. And we've mentioned this one before on the podcast. It's got that nineteen, like that early 1900s Disney cartoon look to it. And the black and white so, cartoon style, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's got that awesome aesthetic and art style and everything. And the combat looks super fun and challenging, kind of that side-scroller it's, shooter. It's brutally difficult. I, it looks too to, hard for me. I played this a demo of this game at a... A Microsoft indie event like three years ago. Like it's it's been announced for forever, and yeah. so yeah. I'm glad it's finally coming out. I'm sad that it will only be on Xbox and Steam though. And Steam, yeah. I don't really play on those platforms. I'm excited that it'll be on Steam, but it, that's mostly because, as you guys know, I'm like a Steam addict. You're a big Steam guy. You'll you'll have to <laughs> check it out and let us let us. Yeah, know I'm it is. I'm pretty excited about this one. I don't know if I will get it at launch. I yeah. probably. I'll probably wait until maybe there's a Black Friday deal on it or Steam another deal sale. later on. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But Sounds like um, you, Rob. <laughs> right? You know, um, I'll be curious to know your opinion because I feel like this game looks really hard. So if you like it, it must be really good. Yeah, what I mean... What are you saying about Rob's video game skill? I'm saying ah. that me and Rob have comparable video game skills. <laughs> I think, yeah, in comparison, he's better than I am in some games and I'm better than him in some games. But yeah. overall, we're not good. And I'm better than Rob in every game except for GoldenEye 64. I wasn't going to bring it up, but since you brought it up. <laughs> uh, all righty. So um, our next segment here uh, for the show, we are going to just be talking real quickly about some uh, games that we really love and hold dear to ourselves, but just have some things that aren't that great. Um, for me, what comes to mind after playing so much Splatoon this last weekend is I love Splatoon 2. It is one of the Game of the Year candidates. It is an amazing sequel. It's so much fun. But 
the party system and the invites are just so inconsistent. It's confusing. It just like every lobby has different invites uh, to be able to play with your friends. Turf War. Different systems. You have to just join someone who's already in the middle of a game. Um, with Salmon Run, you can kind of invite people through the app, but they have to have the app, and you can't tell if they're online or not. But it's cool because once a friend does join you, you can go into matchmaking and find the rest of your team that way. And then we had the Splatfest this last weekend where me, Nathan, and another friend of the show, Jordan, all three of us teamed together, but we couldn't play the Splatfest because we didn't have a full team of four. And so we had to randomly find some guy on Twitter who would join us and be our fourth guy, and that was the only way we could play. And so it's just so frustrating because well, it's such a good online experience. Like the Splatfest was amazing, yeah. it was super fun, but you, we just have these weird hurdles that Nintendo has put in the game. So One yeah. of the worst parts about it too is, at least for the Splatfest, kind of with friends, um, they kind of have like different areas of the game for Tor 4 where it says like, oh, play with your friends, jump in and stuff like that. And Nintendo had kind of eliminated or taken away all of the other options except for Splatfest. But they still had kind of the Turf War friends option. So you click on it, you're like, oh, I can play with my friends. But you click on it, and no one ever actually shows up online. You just click there, and there's nothing you can do. And you're like, oh, no, you have to go to this separate area where you have to get four people to co-op. So it wasn't even clear whether you could even play with your friends or not. It's just super confusing. And, you know, Mm -hmm. if me and you are saying that as hardcore Nintendo fans and Splatoon players, like, what the heck is it like for (laughs) parents or someone who isn't, you know, following the gaming news every day and little Timmy who wants to play like with little Johnny hour. down the street yeah exactly but, I mean I feel like since Halo 2 we've had a very established multiplayer online shooting system where you yep. all party up together in a lobby then you can say let's go into, into this mode or this mode or this mode and you can do it once you're partied up but Splatoon doesn't really let you do that so um, yeah so that, yep. that's my my main nitpick for for Splatoon 2 of a game that's awesome, but, uh, you know, a little frustrating. Uh, what about you guys? The one that I was thinking about a lot was just kind of, like, sections of the game where, like, a really awesome game, the gameplay is incredible, the story is amazing, and they change everything just for that one level. You know what I mean? Like, like when they try something totally different that just kind of breaks the flow and it's not very fun anymore. Yeah, like some good examples. I was like Assassin's Creed Four, awesome game. There's this part where you have to be a you have to stealth sneak through a swamp in your ship. Oh, I remember this part of the game. <laughs> like how what it was super annoying. I I managed to do it the first like it took me like three times to do it, but I managed to get through it. But it's just like, that's super baffling that this great game has this part where you have to sneak a giant, creaking, wood, old <laughs> ship through a swamp around people who are standing on the side of the water going, huh, there's no ship out there, I can't <laughs> like, see it. Can I just blow them up instead? Like, well, <laughs> right? Like, I've been doing it all game. And the confusing thing about it, too, is the rest of Assassin's Creed 4... It's all about being in the open sea and sailing on your ship and doing whatever you want with your ship. So forcing you to do kind of the exact opposite of what they've been teaching you the whole game. It's just like, what were you even thinking? Well, and that's not the only game that does that. You know, there's all these games like Uncharted, uh, the jet skis. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about from Uncharted One, first Uncharted. Yeah. I played through that game on hard difficulty too. Oh gosh! And like the jet ski part, especially, was so broke because you would just start driving, then just some random sniper would just kill, and you're like, exactly. okay, 
This is not fun. Can I get back to the climbing and the cinematics, please? But just any Uh, game, like, there's all these great games that just have these small sections or parts of the games that are one level that are like, here, we're going to make you do something different for once. mm -hmm. And more often than not, it just is stupid. It doesn't work. And it makes you more frustrated. Now you mention it, there is, I have kind of opposite. There is, I think it was in Sly, Sly Cooper 2, um, which is a game I really, really like, and it has yeah. stealth all throughout the game. Like, it's a stealth game for the oh, most yeah, part. Oh, yeah, all stealth. Um, but there's a part where it's not stealth. You play as, I think, Murray, who's the big hippo, and you basically oh, yeah. have to fight, like, 50, like, enemies in, like, a little, like, room. And the enemies oh, come yeah. out, like, oh. they come out, like, two at a time. So it takes, like eight minutes to do like the challenge and then like you had to pick them up and then throw them at a certain thing and the controls weren't very good and then there was also like a race car level which like had really wonky kind of top down like racing controls and like i had to like replay it like eight times to be it <laughs> so i played this stupid racing level yep. for 40 minutes oh and, like, can gosh. i get back to that's the stealth and yeah. the platforming that's fun please i think right? the worst examples of this come on the wii because when the Wii came yeah. out, everyone was like, oh my gosh, we got to do motion controls. <laughs> so, like, yes. even Nintendo, like, you're playing Super Mario Galaxy, and you're having a ton of a blast going through the different levels and stuff like that, and you get to a level, and you're like, oh, I have to hold my <laughs> Wiimote up and tilt like it to move Mario yeah. around the level and try and run over, go through this obstacle course without falling off. It's all about precision, Exactly. Too. And it's all about yeah. precision. Like, it's tightly timed turns, and I have to do that all by motion, holding my... Like, yeah. can I just go back to normal controls and about that. do that? I mean, Mario games especially, like, they're all about getting the controls and the, the tight controls mm-hmm. right and the precision for jumping and movement. And so when you're having to tilt your hand around for a half hour, it doesn't really work that well. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It did make 100%ing that game very difficult. There was, I think, one level especially that was a really long obstacle course that was tough. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I feel like there was a lot of games like that too on the Wii where they had some random game developers something with motion where trying yeah new the publisher was yeah. like you have to do mo- put motion in this game. The developers like okay, what can we do? Uh, <laughs> or like here you go. Like probably probably one of the biggest examples I just thought of is Arkham yeah. Knight, the mm-hmm. Batmobile. Like literally, most of the game was awesome storyline. Great. No, Batmobile no was the Batmobile fine. It was tank that was not good. Yeah, but the Batmobile Just like, was like most of the game. I feel like it wasn't even. Yeah, it was like more than half the game was the Batmobile. Like it wasn't just a small part. That was like one of the major parts. I just never could like the racing sections, the Riddler yeah. challenges where you had to race the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. I did those like there was one that I think I did forty or fifty yeah, times were, before I finally beat it. Yeah, they just those sections are just frustrating. Like, well, like so they got the initial feel of the Batmobile, right? Like, the first time you're in the Batmobile yeah, and you're running around and you're like, awesome. this is awesome. You use the boosters. Like, I just use my yeah. boost and I literally just crush through any vehicle that's in my way. Nothing can stop me. And then it's like, oh, you need to stop and patrol this area for three minutes and shoot people in tank mode really slowly. And you're like, okay, this is uh, not, yeah. not, not or fun like anymore. when you're trying to climb on the rooftops, but you're just slowly making your way up in tank mode instead of flying yeah. over the rooftops like in Dark Knight. Yeah. Like, I am the Batman. Nope, I'm now the tank man. <laughs> Everyone will fear me. Exactly. Ben <laughs> um, still. on you guys. Uh, I was thinking about a game that kind of has some cool ideas but didn't necessarily pan out. 
Okay. And uh, one game that comes to mind is Zack and Wiki on the Wii. Um, Zack and Wiki had some right. really cool kind of different puzzles, and they were all based on motion controls um, using just the Wiimote. You didn't need the nunchuck or anything like that. Oh, really? Yeah, so there are all these cool different kind of puzzle ideas that they had where you had to kind of make your way around the level and then do different things, um, motion control puzzles to complete the level. It was a really cool idea. There was some really neat puzzles in it, but, like, it was just that, basically puzzles. There wasn't kind of any anything else to drive the game forward. And so after playing it for a couple hours, you're kind of like, well, I feel like I've seen pretty much everything I want to see in this game. Like, there was nothing else kind of to tie the gameplay together and to make it kind of more just make you want to continue to play and stuff like that. So I think it had some really, really cool ideas, but it just didn't have enough in the game to, to make it a really great game. Gotcha. Yeah. And th- that game came out pretty early in the week. Yeah, it came out, right? I think, like, 2007 or something like that. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely really cool game, great ideas, but didn't fully... I didn't think it fully executed everything, so... <laughs> didn't fully commit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's interesting. I didn't know that it didn't even use a nunchuck. Like, it was just No, all, you just used... Yeah, and to move around, I think you had to, like, point and click to move your character around and hmm. stuff like that, so... Interesting. Oh. Yeah. You cool. guys it, have any other games you thought that maybe did something cool? So we're not super negative. <laughs> the the one game, okay, so this one is actually a really popular one. I know, but I felt the same way. Assassin's Creed Three, mm-hmm. not a good game. Just overall, wasn't great. Kind we could issues. get into it. We could get into it, but that's <laughs> way that would be a whole episode of oh, itself. Yeah. But there was one section of the game that was just awesome. The sailing. Part. Literally, it was so cool that they made There's Assassin's Creed Four. Assassin's Creed Three. I, I didn't even yeah. know that. I played through like half the game. Dang it! No, I remember I was playing it, and like near the end, you get the ship, and you get to go mm-hmm. out, and you get to do the like That's almost awesome. like the like a pre like a beta version of Black Flag. Cool. Never in love. And, and they're like, let's make a whole game about it. <laughs> yeah, basically. And cool. Black Flag was already pretty far in the development, and then they kind of added that ship-to-ship combat, like they made it more like Assassin's Creed Three, mm. and it just and they kind of tweaked it enough so that all the mechanics worked out even better. And it's just like one of the reasons we love Assassin's Creed Four is because of that sailing yeah. part. Cool. And so, like that, basically, literally, it created a whole new game. <laughs> good example yeah well, the only other example i could think of was in the amazing spider-man games which were based off the the 2012 2014 spider-man movies that sony made like they were definitely movie tie-ins <clears throat> movie tie-ins for the most part are never really good those games weren't the best games in the world they were kind of clunky they were trying to be kind of like you know batman arkham city and stuff but they just didn't have that polish didn't feel very good However, the web slinging in those games felt really, really good. So being a big Spider-Man fan, that's what I would just do most of the time. I would just free roam. I would web sling around the city, just jumping off the top of a tall building and waiting until the last second to shoot out a web line and swing around um, was what made those games really fun um, for me. So that's why I'm so excited for the new Spider-Man game for PS4 because it does look like it has awesome free roaming and web slinging, yeah. but it also has really cool cinematics. It looks like the gameplay feels really, really good and satisfying. And uh, I mean, it looks like it's, it's filling not, in all those gaps. It's not being forced out by Activision. <laughs> yeah, in other words. it's not being forced out by Activision or a team that's 
know, and it's, it's not movie tie-in game every two years. Like, yeah, it's getting a lot of love and attention from Insomniac, and they're taking their time with it, and um, it's not based off of a movie. That's their own interpretation, which is uh, really really cool. Awesome. So, yeah. It's yeah. great. It's gonna be awesome. But uh, yeah. So uh, before we uh, leave you guys on the show, um, we want to leave you with what we're playing this week. So, Rob, why don't you start us off? All right, so I was away at camp all last week, so I didn't really play a lot of video games over the last week or so, Um, but I did manage to play a lot of Mass Effect Andromeda before I left and then once I got back. And just, here's here's where we're at, guys. I mean, I think I only have the final missions left. Wow. I'm going to bribe your wife to take your disc and hide it so you can play <laughs> something else. That's what okay, I have to say. Okay, but here's what I was thinking about, Nathan. Here's what I was thinking about. How many hours did you put into Zelda Breath of the Wild? Uh, like 115. I put like 80. That's a great game. <laughs> okay, where am I in Mass Effect Andromeda? I looked the other day and I have just about 100 hours. So wow. That is crazy. I'm, I'm putting my dedication into an RPG game that I am actually, for the most part, enjoying. I've yeah. noticed in a lot of the loyalty missions, especially later on, as well as some of these later missions, it's a little bit more glitchy, and some of the dialogue is a little bit more awkward. Mm-hmm. I've noticed some of those things that a lot were, were some of the bigger complaints about Mass Effect and Andromeda, but it hasn't killed the story or anything like that for me yet. I'm still really interested mm-hmm. to see what happens. And I'm going to finish it probably within the next um, few week, like week or so. We have or one so. week, Rob. Right. You one got one week. week. No, well, um, I'm actually not on the show next week, so I got two <laughs> weeks. Okay. okay. Fair um, I, I give you a lot of crap about finishing games and taking forever. But I, I got to say, you are very dedicated instead of like me and having a huge backlog. So yeah, I, I, I like you to, I that. like to get rid of my backlog. Yeah. And I... I kind of have a counterpoint here because <laughs> I have been playing Mass Effect uh, today. Actually, I played it played it for a few hours this morning, and you know this was the game I picked up at the beginning of the summer. Um, I was always kind of interested, but kind of scared away by the bad reviews and stuff like that. Um, so I picked up at the beginning of the summer on sale, but I've picked up multiple other games this summer since then, and I've kind of put it down. I haven't hadn't played it really in the last month. I picked up today, and this is a game I really, really want to like, but I find it harder to like every time I play it. Um, so, I mean, I that's just props to you, Rob, for sticking <laughs> sticking to it for a hundred hours. Like my my wife doesn't comment a lot when I'm playing video games, but like sh- today, she commented like two or three times, saying like, "Man." That voice actor's terrible. <laughs> like, wow. What is that monster doing over there? Stuck in the wall. <laughs> like, I, I had a couple of glitches and some some wonky voice acting, and I don't know. I, I I've just find hard. I'm finding it hard to stay invested in the story and the the planets. Like, they look really cool, but they're almost kind of too big and empty. Where you're just pretty much driving to a waypoint and pushing a button. So, I don't know. I I really want to like this game. I still I think it, I'm going to give it a little bit more. A um, couple more chances, but I don't know. I I'm just kind of sad it didn't get yeah. better. Yeah, I think everyone's sad that it's it's not better because even Rob, you like the game, but you still know that it could be a lot better. It could be so much the, better. Well, and I was actually of, kind of the previous Mass Effect games. 
Yeah, and like I said, I mean, it's been a little bit more glitchy and kind of more awkward dialogue here near the end. I think I largely listened to... I, I played a lot of the game with the volume really low at the start because I had, mm-hmm. you know, my kid and my wife in the room, and I didn't... Yeah. It was, like, one of those things where it's, like, you're playing through a video game, and sometimes video games are okay, but sometimes they're just these parts of dialogue that you kind of go, hmm, well, yeah. wish my kid I, hadn't heard that I usually one. put subtitles on and turn it down yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah and that's what, I, that's what I was doing, so I wasn't yeah. listening to the voice acting as much really early on, but I have felt like going into this one, you know, there are RPGs that captivate your attention, and, like, the every quest feels like its own epic part of the story. Mm-hmm. Like, Mass Effect 2. Yeah. Every side <laughs> exactly. quest felt like it was part of the bigger world like you felt like every time you checked off one of your missions in your your log your quest log it felt like you were making the world change like you were doing something and this one i felt like there's been a couple of them like wow this is actually changing things and then there's been a lot where i'm just like check 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 okay on to the next one yeah, like I mean, that's, it's almost that's what I'm like, struggling with. If, I think I'm, I think I've gotten down into like RPG finish mode where I'm just like cranking through the. <laughs> I'm just the gonna quest get through this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I can have that in you if you play the that. RPGs. That, that's yeah. just what makes it the most sad. Just like Rob said, Mass Effect Two was like the, one of the first RPGs where I really cared about the characters and the story and everything that happened. Yeah. And then this is you know a Mass Effect game that's coming out on next gen consoles and it's not that so. I feel like but there's a couple of characters I really care about, but most of the characters I care about are actually not in my party, which is part of the sad part. Is like there's these characters that I really like in the world, but they stink in but, the combat field. <laughs> well, no, they're but not bad. They like the, as far as combat's concerned, I have my team set up in just a way that it really complements my abilities, and basically I just kill all the enemies, and I'm so overpowered at this point that it just basically is like, did I have teammates? Oh, who cares? Yeah. I can beat all these bad guys on my own. That makes sense. But, um... You play anything else, it feels like, Yeah, I, I haven't played anything else at all, so I have... Alright, sticking to it. Sticking to it. Nothing else to say. Um, I did play Metal Slug 2 this week. I uh, played through that whole game. One of the best Metal Slugs, the second level... You get you find a bunch of mummies, and if the mummy like hits you, you turn into a mummy, <laughs> which is hilarious. Do you still get to keep playing. You still get to keep playing, but <laughs> That's basically awesome. the penalty is you move a lot slower, obviously, yeah. and then you lose any special gun that you have. So if you have like the flamethrower or the shotgun, you just get downgraded to, to the like default the... pistol. But you can find potions that will transform you back into a human, and so it's kind of a really cool mechanic uh, in that game. So um, that was a lot of fun playing through that. That old game, it's great because the very end of the game, like you're fighting, you know, the general, the general, like all the little green army men guys, right? And the very last level, you break into like an Area 51 place and you fight all these aliens and you team up with soldiers to take out the alien mothership. So it's, it's great. Then it does the whole Independence Day where uh, an airplane guy flies into the center to sacrifice and blow it up. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, it's really funny. But, That's uh, hilarious. It's yeah, hilarious. Great game. Wait, wait. I love Metal Slug. That game came out before Independence Day, right? Metal Slug 2? Independence Day I don't came out think so. 95. I think so. I felt I like it was a uh, 90s games. I felt like it was an Independence Day um, like reference, but oh, maybe I don't know. I don't know. Loved it. Loved to do I'm some fact checking. About that. Yeah, cool. <laughs> um, and then Splatoon two. Played lots of yeah. Splatoon this weekend. Obviously, Splatfest. Awesome. So you're uh, already over fifty hours. So I'm already over fifty hours on Splatoon. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I had no idea. It's <laughs> hilarious. 
Wow, yeah, I, I love Splatoon, guys. It's it's really fun. Yeah. Uh, I got I got to catch up King, uh, which is the highest rank for the Splatfest. Sadly, Mayonnaise won the Splatfest in a very very slim margin, which was kind of upsetting. But you know, it was it was all all fun and games. Um, the the uh, new level that they added um, the was level really was cool. Really really cool because it like it had moving platforms that kind of kept moving back and forth and stuff like that, and the aesthetic and how it was was designed looked really really neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, lots cool. of moving platforms, and it was just neat level. And apparently, the level will kind of only be on Splatfests, and so it's kind of sad that it's going to go away now. But when it comes back for the next Splatfest, typically you know once a month or so. Um, it's going to change a little bit. And so that level is going to slowly kind of evolve with each Splatfest, which I think is a really neat idea. And I wasn't super hot on the idea of it going away and them holding yeah. a level that's done away from us when it's not a Splatfest. But the more I played the Splatfest and just kind of enjoyed how everything turned into a giant concert and there was new music that came out for all the new levels that was really fun to listen to. I'm just like, it makes the Splatfest even more exciting, knowing that yeah. you have this new level that's different every time. Yeah. And so, uh, man, it's... It's awesome. If you have never played Splatfest and you have Splatoon, you gotta gotta get on Splatfest weekend. It's super fun. Yeah. yeah, and they'll be doing them for the next two years, so you got plenty of time. Yes, which is nice. Cool. What about you? Um, so if you guys didn't know, I've pretty much been playing one game, and it's Stardew Valley. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I bought this game on PS4 when it launched, like last December, I think, right before Christmas time, and played it a fair amount. Um, had fun. The game kind of works in four different seasons that you go through. You start out in spring. And the first season, um, it's a little bit slow because you have so little. You're kind of waiting for your crops to grow. and there's not. You're limited by your energy bar and stamina meter and stuff like that. So um, it's kind of really limiting. So I put it down, and then I was looking through my PS4 games last week, and I was like, oh, what do I want to play that I have maybe got, but I haven't played that much. And I was like, oh, I'll try and jump back and start you. I jumped in, and I was like, what was I doing again? I was kind of confused, but then I played through a day and I was like, oh yeah, I have this goal. I want to complete this goal. And that's the thing of Stardew Valley is like, there's all these different, it's kind of micromanaging all of these different tasks. It was that planting you're trying watermelons, right? Yeah. Well, at that point I was, yeah. <laughs> I just remember me and like a couple of my friends were all playing like Destiny or something and you joined like the PS4 party and we're like, Nathan, you're going to play with us? You're like, no guys, I'm harvesting watermelons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like, so I was harvesting oh, those man. watermelons so I could get get enough money to be able to buy an upgrade so I could go further down into the mine so I could get the ore so I could make sprinklers so that I wouldn't have to spend all my time watering and all this other stuff. So it motivates you to play. Yeah, it motivates you to play. This is like the, the never-ending quest. Yeah, exactly. Oh. It has the one more day because each day takes maybe like 15, 20 minutes or something like that. And you're like, oh, I'll just do one more day so I can complete this goal and then I'll stop. And then, like... Like I said, I introduced my wife to it this weekend. And I think she said, I'll just do one more day about five times on Sunday night. Um, Jaeger in the chat is asking what makes it better than, like, Harvest Moon. Um, I think it's a more refined version of Harvest Moon. It has a lot more to do. Like, there's kind of a mine um, adventurer mechanic that you can go through and you fight a bunch of monsters down there and stuff like that. Um, You not only can farm, but you can create all of these different... um, kind of artisan goods and stuff like that um and so you can get married and there's a bunch of different relationship meters that you have with different villagers around the village so it's kind of a much more in-depth adult version of harvest moon um Mm. that 
So there's a lot more depth to Yeah, it. there's a lot more depth. Um, there's some really cool, deep RPG mechanics and stuff like that, like there's fishing and um, harvesting and foraging and all of these different things. They all have different levels that you level up, and as you level up, you gain the ability to craft new things or buy new things or whatever it is. So it's really, really cool. So it's basically like RuneScape, but not as good. I've never played RuneScape, <laughs> so I wouldn't know. Wait, Just kidding. Uh, RuneScape from 2000 RuneScape? Yeah, the old yeah, the one that we all played. MMO. That RuneScape. <laughs> that we played at the about. school library. No, it's much oh, better than yeah. RuneScape. And the art style is really cool. So Yeah, no, I like the art style. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Talk but about really nostalgia game. game right there. <laughs> and it's only 15 bucks, so it's relatively cheap, yeah. which I I have it on my Steam library. Yeah, you have need you, to play it. Have you played it at all? No, it's like I past, so it's installed fun. it. He'll play it and haven't played it. I'm sure he'll play it in like four years when you get to the end of your Steam art library, Rob. <laughs> I might when skip get, ahead to this one because you keep talking about it. And Brad, a uh, good friend of the show, he's also talked a little bit about it. So I might skip ahead and just try and play it a little bit and just see how it feels and do it. See if so I get fun. addicted. Yeah. Right, one more day. Good. Well, I think that about wraps up our show for this week. Um, any uh, closing words or advice to our listeners? Uh, go enjoy the rest of the summer. You know, it's kind of a slow time. There's not a t- there's actually a fair amount of games coming out, but there's not a lot of games news coming out or anything like that. So you know, we only got a couple weeks till school starts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of the sunshine this is, or this is winter uh, time if you live somewhere time. where it's cold in the winter or summer. And yeah. you know, yeah. This is French time. This is the right before summer where you pound out all those games that you've been putting off and you get them all done before the school year starts. That And uh, don't forget to go outside. So take your video game console and go sit outside. The power of the Switch right there. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, everyone, have a good week. We will leave you with the Mausoleum Mash by Danny B from the Crypt of the Necrodancer official soundtrack. Have a good week, guys.